Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. All right. Back again, Nutty November, episode 97 of the podcast. How exciting. And that's been a great day. Have you had a good day? I have had a good day. What did you do all day? Stayed inside where it was warm? I did, yes. It's really cold, y'all. It's really cold. It's like a cold streak. It's a cold wave. Yeah. What, a cold snap? What are what are yeah, things that snap. are... snap. It's a cold snap. And you know what's sad is we had all these beautiful pink flowers in front of our house. Are have they you, all have dying? Have you seen them today? What did they do? They're all withered. They all kicked the bucket? Yep. Yeah. That's what happens when they get frozen. It's really sad. Well, you know, it's life. The circle of life. And there'll be pansies out there soon. If we can afford them. <laughs> We're starting a we're starting a GoFundMe for pansies for our front yard, and we really are just looking forward to people giving us money to buy. What do they call those flats? Mini flats of pansies. What is the deal with GoFundMe? I mean, I know there are a lot of good things that GoFundMe is you know getting money for, but I mean, some of this stuff I'm just going, what? Yeah. It's all over Facebook. It's just this great idea. You know, if everyone that I'm friends with would give me $1, I would have like $938. <laughs> and that's almost 1000 Yeah. It used to be. Oh, I shouldn't even get into this. What it used to be, you'd be embarrassed to ask people for money? Yeah. I mean, it used to yeah. be that people thought, okay, if, if I want something, then I'm just going to work hard enough. And save up until I can yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see these like GoFundMe used to be get a job, you know. But, you know, there's, can you imagine? I was at a basketball game tonight and for the junior high gym, you know, full of people. If I'd have stood up and said, hey, can everybody give me $20, $30? Huh? Yeah. I got something really cool I want to buy. <laughs> I mean, I get it if you're raising money for someone who's sick or for funeral expenses, yeah. but for, you know, a couple's dream honeymoon, oh, I mean, come on. Come on. I ain't going to give you nothing. I hope, I hope your honeymoon's lousy. <laughs> you know, you know, you know where, you know where Melissa and I had our honeymoon? In a cardboard box. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> All these people having these dream honeymoons. They get married and they're 23 years old and they're living in a mansion and they're going to, you know, Aruba for six months. <laughs> I'm like, what? And their boss is totally cool with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> we, we, had, we honeymooned in a cardboard box and ate ramen noodles. <laughs> and we loved it. We were like, can you believe it? How awesome is this? We're married. But now, no. You got to get like a $6,000 photographer. You got to have a documentary made of your wedding. You know, we don't even have pictures of our wedding. I don't even know what it looked like. <laughs> I especially don't know what it looked like in color. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not that old. <laughs> but our wedding photographer was terrible. Just saying. He was no he he was like taking pictures with like a uh, like the kind of camera like that I had when I was in seventh grade, <laughs> <laughs> like that long. He like had that long box. Remember those cameras? But like, you know how much he he cost. I hope he didn't cost anything. <laughs> he cost he cost two hundred dollars. See see two hundred dollars, and we got like a photo album. 
Yeah. And my aunt could have done just with as good. With a bunch of underlit pictures <laughs> with people with red eyes. Yeah, did he not? <laughs> I mean, like, did he not know about flashes? I don't know. It was terrible. He was old school. I don't think he understood, like, I think when he was like, you know, I'm going to start taking pictures of weddings. I think he thought you just get that camera that your kid has, like your seventh grader. <laughs> That he that he takes pictures of things at Disney World with, you know. Remember, I was it was really important to me not to get a photographer that was bossy. Yeah, so you got because one. That, so she's like, "I've got the perfect photographer. Was, <laughs> he doesn't. He's not bossy. Um, yeah, he doesn't know how to take pictures either, but he's not going to tell <laughs> us what to do." I had been to a string of weddings. You know how when you're in your early 20s, you just are always going to weddings because all your friends are getting married. And I was very annoyed by all these photographers that were running the wedding. Yeah, and and then you realized, oh my gosh, that's what a competent photographer does. (laughs) This guy was just like, you know, just taking pictures. Our our whole wedding cost about $1,200. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Still married. Yeah. High five. Give it right here. And happy. Yeah. Married and happy, and I don't even care how much a wedding costs or the honeymoon. And my wedding dress is still pretty after all these years. Oh, my gosh. You're still pretty after all these years. (laughs) Okay. Let's wrap this thing up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's get to, let's talk about what we're doing here. All right. What are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I was remembering how fun podcasting used to be before we had a goal. Like, <laughs> I like to just sit down and be like, so, you know, it was cold today. <laughs> and I had to bust out the space heater. You like the small talk. I like the small talk chit chat. We'll get back to that after we're done with our, we're, we're on a mission. We're on a mission. now. <laughs> I like 45-minute podcasts about just things I'm interested in. Yeah. Like rainbows. (laughs) You're like, I've never heard of the rainbow. I have no idea what it means. (laughs) But now I know. So here we are, six minutes and 30 seconds into the podcast. Yeah. And uh, big day tomorrow. (laughs) You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is Wednesday. It's a little something we call OAP. Yes. One act play. And you're going you're going for the all day, right? Yeah, so you know, those of you who've listened to the podcast for a while know that for the last couple of years I have helped direct the one act play at the junior high. And this year I have not helped direct it, and so tomorrow I'm gonna get to go and just sit and watch and I don't have to be all, you know. Nervous backstage, getting everybody ready. Yeah, yeah. There's benefits to getting fired. I'm looking forward. To it. <laughs> you didn't get fired. You got let go. I didn't get fired. <laughs> you got you got laid off. <laughs> it was just a reduction in staff. Like they just needed teachers and not some mom to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, the problem was they didn't have teachers who were willing to do it. That's why the mom had to come into the rescue. But then they got the teachers, and we were like, hey, our work is done here. Yeah, and then I said, hey, I have a fall this year. Yeah, this your life has been so much better. <laughs> we, it, and you know what? They still got to play together. Yeah, and it's really good. It's, yeah, so, you know, sometimes getting fired is good. I didn't get fired. 
Well, I'm just saying, like, in a sense, you were let go. You were canned. The suggestion was made that maybe I should step down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miss, Mrs. Edgington, if, if you're going to be coach, uh, coaching our one-act team, I just want you to know uh, I do need a resignation letter in my file cabinet in case I need to use it. That's how they do it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry to let you know I'm going to have to use that resignation letter. <laughs> you are no longer going to be coaching one act. Directing. You're directing the play. It has been a really great fall. And, you know, it's really stressful to direct a show with a bunch of junior high kids in it. Yeah, I know. That's terrible. You know, this summer I painted houses with junior high kids. And you would think, well, how hard can it be? There's paint. There's a brush. You put it on the wall. Painting is hard. Oh, yeah. And junior high kids can physically cannot do it. Yeah. They don't have the willpower or the concentration. Do you remember when we were in college and we would have those service days where we would go paint stuff in Brownwood? And I always thought... Why are they letting us do this? We're yeah. terrible at this. Yeah, painting is really something you need to be skilled to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I would just like to like to let you know, I never participated in service projects in college. Why? I didn't want to do it. I mean, I just didn't want to serve people. Weren't you the student body president? Yeah, so it was kind of a big deal. So wouldn't you think that as a student body president, you would yeah. want to lead out in service? I just would. I don't know if we did things like that when I was student body president. My big deal was I got ashtrays on campus. <laughs> There's like a couple of things I did. One was the ashtrays because so we were at a Baptist college, and <clears throat> you know, smoking. If you if you smoke, no offense, but it's poor form. I mean, it's a nasty habit. You need to quit. And so there were people smoking all over the campus. And yet it was like they, the administration was in denial that all these smokers were going to the school. Right. Because they wanted to seem like maybe we were better than that, you know, than to have a bunch of smokers on campus. And so what would happen is people would smoke their cigarettes and then they would just they would put them out and just st step on them or throw them in bushes. And there were cigarette butts all over the campus. Hmm. They would blow around in the wind, and I was like, you know, we gotta have some, like, we gotta put these things somewhere. So I don't know how we did it, but like, I somehow I got all these ashtrays put everywhere. All right. Yeah, which was cool, you know, like, hey, cool ashtrays. How sixties? <laughs> <laughs> it's really a vintage retro thing to do, right? Get some ashtrays out there. Well, that's kind of an act of service. Yeah. So in my own way, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was. Not picking up litter, but I was keeping it from happening. And then the other big thing was, isn't it interesting how when they when people build buildings and they put sidewalks in, they don't really ever consider where people actually are going to walk. You ever notice that? <laughs> that's like a that's you know it's something I've just noticed that I think sidewalks are built for the way they look. Yeah, they don't. They don't um, consider the shortest point from. I mean, the shortest route from point A to point B. Exactly, which is where people walk. So they have a sidewalk no one's using, and then there's like a path in the grass that looks like cows walk over, you know, like the right. cattle path. Um, so, which is interesting. Did you know many of the the major highways in the United States of America are the same paths that Indians 
or Native Americans, whatever you say, depending upon your um, your your um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Your level of couth. Um, they the Native Americans would walk those paths, and that's the paths that the settlers took. And the reason that the people were taking those paths is because that's where the animals were walking. So when you're driving, you know, I-30, you're just walking the same um, paths that the woolly mammoth walked. Okay. Probably didn't know that, did you? Did not know that. Well, anyway, so what I'm saying is that's smart to put a road there because that's where people want to drive. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they followed the woolly mammoth millions of years ago, and that is where they want to drive their cars. Okay. Now, in our school, they built a new student center, but no one was, everybody was walking across the grass, and they were like, well, we're not going to put a sidewalk down. So I was able to get some of those pavers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember those. Thank you. That was my doing. (laughs) I don't think I did anything else except just motivate people to be awesome. Yeah. Which is what my main job is. Right. Yeah. Still to this day. I used to love Tommy Bruce when he would say that. I do two things every day. I wake up and I be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Then I do it all again the next day. (laughs) Anyway, so our topic for tonight for enhancing your marriage. Okay, so our series is 30 Days to a Deeper Connection in Your Marriage. So every day we're trying to just help you think through some things about your marriage based on our own experience in marriage and also our experience in dealing with other couples through ministry and counseling. So this is one that garnered some attention not too long ago with our vice president. Mm -hmm. Do y'all remember whenever he um, would not have lunch with a woman Mm -hmm. except for his wife? Was that the situation? Yes, that was what garnered attention. How do you garner attention? What is garnering? Is it is it mean attracting? Yeah, I guess that's so. what the word means. I don't know. I, th- I know you used it correctly there. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, and he was completely crucified for that, and basically, people were saying that his wife had him on a short leash and that she didn't trust him, you know, and all these kinds of things. Yeah. And when and when you and I were seeing all that, we were thinking, well, duh, he's just being a good husband. Exactly. <laughs> so tonight's topic is about privacy and the idea that privacy really isn't a thing in marriage, or it shouldn't be. Except for going number two. Well, yes. That's the only area of privacy. I firmly believe in keeping some mystery in your marriage. But that's about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the idea there... I love that that remains a mystery too, by the way. <laughs> so the idea that the world will give you is that if you want to see what's on your spouse's phone, if you would like to have open communication with email passwords and Facebook passwords and all that sort of thing, then obviously you have a problem because you don't trust your spouse. Mm-hmm. And the the biblical worldview would say, no, 
we both have a problem because we aren't trustworthy. Right. We sinners. Yeah. And so in your marriage, it should be very open. You should have the freedom to pick up each other's phones. You should have access to each other's passwords. I mean, these are not things you you shouldn't have a private messaging space that your spouse cannot see or access. Mm -hmm. No privacy. Now, it's a controversial idea, and a lot of people hate it, even Christian people. Yeah. But I think that what you're doing there is you're acknowledging, okay, I think that you are at your very weakest whenever you claim that any type of sin could never happen to you. Ooh, yeah. Pride goeth before the fall. And so in marriage, we always have to keep in our mind that we're not above any sin. That sin is crouching at our door waiting to devour us. Yeah, and we love it. I love sin. And so we have to safeguard each other and ourselves. Yeah, protect ourselves from it because we'll be drawn into it. And one way to do that is by having very open access to each other's accounts and that kind of thing. Yeah, so just... You know, it does. When if somebody grabs your phone and starts looking through your text messages, then you, 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 you just nat, you know, naturally, you don't. It just seems weird, right? Right. Like, why are you looking at those? Why are you looking at those? Because those were conversations that were private. But you can't really have those when you're married. Yeah. Everything needs to be an open book. So, just assume everything you're writing. You wouldn't want to write anything your wife couldn't look at. Right. You don't want to look at anything your wife wouldn't want you to look at. You don't want to, um, you know, go places where your wife wouldn't want you to go. And so that's that's a good check on on your sinful, rebellious, sin loving heart. Um, and ultimately, that's what you really want. You want the accountability. You want to do what's right. The Christian should want to do what's right. But what sometimes we really hamstring ourselves by ourselves. We hamstring ourselves by not having those proper, well, by running to the dark whenever we need to be in the light. Right. Sin thrives in darkness and in privacy. Mm-hmm. And so the more. It's like bacteria. The more open we are and the more light we shed on everything we do as a wife or as a husband, then the more we are protecting our marriage from affairs, from inappropriate relationships. And so forth. Right. So what I like to say is we don't have a trust problem in our marriage. We have a sin problem in our marriage. Mm. And we know it. And Mm -hmm. so we are going to take the steps that we need to take in order to protect our family from our own sin problem. Mm -hmm. And you can do that even if you honeymooned in a cardboard box. Or if you went to Bermuda. Yeah. But especially if if you start off in a cardboard box, you're going to make it. Can you imagine spending, I mean, looking back and thinking how much money and, you know, getting the documentary um, film crew out there for like all these marriages that don't make it? I mean, they don't make it very far at all. I've always wondered what people do with their wedding pictures. Mm. Do you save those to show your kids later? Hey, this was a part of my life. It's weird, right? Because you do you do funerals for people that are divorced. And it's strange that you're you, they're like their their spouse, even if they were married to them for a long time, 
It's sort of just not mentioned. It's it's like a whole part of their life that you feel like you can't even talk about. Mm. And uh, what what a sad thing, because it's almost like that part of them already died mm. years ago. Mm. So anyway, make your marriage work. Fight fight for it. You know, um, believe that that you and remember why you like that person. You know, we had a fun time tonight. We just uh, we danced for a while and the we taught the kids how to two step. Yeah. And Emerald, she was a really good little two-stepper, wasn't she? That was crazy. Yeah, she was. She's six. <laughs> <laughs> she's six, and she was just dancing, and then, but she would only dance for like fifteen minutes or well, fifteen seconds, and, and then, then she would just clap and jump up and down because she was so proud of herself for being yeah. able to do the dance. <laughs> so that was fun. If if you feel, um, if I'm, you, I'm just saying, try you know, have fun. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, still have fun. If you feel. Um, if you bristle at the thought of giving your spouse access to your stuff, um, that is going back to that original root of sin that we talked about. It's just your pride, okay? And it is humbling to have to admit to yourself and to your spouse, I'm not above any sin. And I know that I've seen a lot of great men and women fall to sexual temptation and sin, and inappropriate relationships. And I know I'm no better than any of them. In fact, I'm probably worse. Mm. And so just don't let pride keep you from protecting your family. We have a, a dear friend who taught us so much about divorce. She was divorced, and she told us, <clears throat> one thing I always try to tell young people is you're not just divorcing a person. You're divorcing a whole life mm-hmm. that you have to walk away from. Mm. And that is really hard on your kids. It's hard on everybody. It's heartbreaking. So just don't let your pride get in the way. Just protect your marriage. It's easy. Yeah. Or don't do something so stupid that you make someone else divorce their whole life. I mean, that's that's pretty selfish. Yeah. So And, we're, and, and when that could happen, I could do that. You could do that. Any of us could do that. So we have to really uh, be on guard and be careful. And one way to have that accountability and... Uh, to to safeguard your your relationship is to just understand that there's no secrets, there's no privacy, there's no question you can't ask, and so that's that's kind of you know where where you need to be. Yeah. So awesome stuff. Anything else? Giveaway starts Friday. Friday. I'm so excited. Y'all be watching for my video Friday morning. It's going to tell you all about the giveaway and how to enter. All right. Is it going to have special effects or anything? If you can figure out how to do that. I can. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can. Will it have explosions and snow? Adelaide can do explosions. Why don't we do a, a, a special effects laden video? Okay, let's do it. With just stuff blowing up and it'll be good. All right. People love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pyrotechnics. I think. That's the way to go. All right. So uh, also in, a, in addition to the the nativity tradition people. Jackson and Heather Chang, they want to they want to give an, an a nativity set away. Really? Yeah, but it won't come until next year. So it's like it's this will be the give that keeps on giving. Yeah. Because a year after the giveaway, you're gonna get this awesome nativity scene. Because their nativity isn't going to be released until next Christmas. Yeah, it's just so. in the Kickstarter mode, which is yeah. different than GoFundMe because you're actually getting something for your get for right. your yeah, donation. So sorry but if you felt like I was being critical of that, Changs, but I wasn't. I was just saying the people that want you to give money so they can, you know. Buy a new motorcycle. Yeah. 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 
Come on. Anyway, well, it's been it's been good. Uh, we'll we'll give you a report tomorrow how the one act play goes. Yeah. And uh, we'll enjoy enjoy that. Um, you'll you'll enjoy it for much longer than I will because I don't get into that as much as you do. Yeah, I'm into it. I don't watch time. every play that junior high kids put on. I'm going like, to be. I'm watching six junior high one eye plays tomorrow. Too much, and I can't wait. Too much, too much, <laughs> too much, too much, too much. Although one of my favorite moments, uh, as we wrap up this podcast, one of my favorite moments was at a one act play. Oh my goodness. It was like the most awkward moment I've ever experienced in my life. It wasn't just a moment. It was minutes. Minutes. Many minutes. These kids got up there and, they, and something went wrong. They forgot lines. There was a, a miscue of an audio recording, something like that. And they never recovered. And they just stood there for minutes, for minutes. And it went on and on. They stood there with looks of sheer panic and terror on their faces. And I loved it. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I really did think this this is something. I've never seen anything like this. Those kids, are their lives are being ruined right now. No, I, they, they just didn't know what to do. But it was it was just one of those things like uh, where somebody should have said, hey, it's, guys, it's okay. It's okay. But no one did. Like no, nobody said, hey, don't worry. It was literally probably seven minutes of just silence, and that is a long time. <laughs> we were all just sitting there, and, and nobody had the like the nobody put those kids out of their misery for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and then there was crying and, and all that. That's part of the fun of one act play. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe I should be there for the whole thing. <laughs> no. All right, well, y'all have a uh, y'all have a great night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. All stay right. stay warm. Thanks for listening. Stay warm in the cold snap. (laughs) Bye-bye.